welcome back to another episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my most excellent friend and co-host, Alex Dandino, Esquire. Uh Esquire. All right, guys, before today's jaunt through uh, time traveling movies, a little business. Guys, it's official. We are on Patreon. Filmalchemist.com slash, or no, Patreon.com slash Pod. You know it. One more time for those of you in the back. Patreon.com slash Pod. See, I'm a pro. Uh, guys, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show. You can get in to our community over there again for as little as a dollar a month. As the, the higher you go in tiers, you can begin to select specific episodes and movies that you want us to talk about as part of our patron-exclusive uh, curated library over there. We have some awesome uh, stuff we're working on right now to be adding to the Patreon experience over there. It is the best way to help the show, guys. It means the world to us. So for those of you that do that, thank you. For those of you who are about to... Thank you as well. Uh, please take Preach. a second, leave us a rating and review wherever you find the pod. Uh, five star, a couple sentences about why you enjoy spending time with us means the world to us. Thank you to those of you who do that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, for video versions of most of our podcasts there, along with projects to be uh, announced. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, and find us on all the social media you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. We love hearing from you guys. Love talking Thank to you. you for all the support and love you guys have been giving us. It's been a great year so far. Uh, super excited to get to our October Mega Marathon. It's going to be a great year, guys. All right. Enough of that corporate bullshit. Time travel. Alex, today we are discussing <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> this is a movie that I would say against all odds became shockingly iconic, wildly beloved, and has a massive following. In fact, as late as a year ago, a we movie. still got a fucking Bill and Ted movie. A threequel. Alex, opening thoughts on why Bill and Ted have traveled from the 80s and are still with us today. I honestly could not tell you. Uh, it's a fascinating... like this. I, I can actually tell you as a child, this was in my top five favorite movies of all time. Just loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved that cartoon that came out. I watched it religiously. Like that was what, like my parents scrimped and saved to buy me the time booth for Christmas one year. Like that was all I wanted. I didn't give a shit about anything else. Just like, I just want a time booth. I just want that time booth. That's all I cared about. It was the awesome. Shitty American knockoff. Shitty of American That's toy. Fun. It was garbage. And I was, I loved every second of it. It broke in five seconds. It was wonderful. But Bill and Ted, <laughs> Bill and Ted answered this like really fantastic question that we talk about a lot this month, which is like the haphazardness of time travel. Like who are these people that are hurtling through time being hurtled through the nexus of time and space? Just two dudes, two dudes living their best life. And that like, to me, is like kind of the crux of the argument why Bill and Ted works. Bill and Ted are so kind of like oddly inconsequential in a lot of ways. Like they're just two fucking stoner dudes who can't play guitar but pretend they can play guitar. They love just being friends that much and they love just being dudes. 
that their whole ethos, their entire concept of being, as we find out, 600 years in the future has literally shaped humanity in a way that we never thought possible. And that to me is the true, that is to me is the truly awesome thing about Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted is about the profundity of nothingness. <laughs> well, we will never get tired of the random loser plucked from their loser never. nest. My favorite. And taking an adventure, right? So many movies and TV shows exist on the, here are two stoners, drunks, whatever, right? Absolutely. It's forced into an adventure, right? It always works on us, right? Because I think a lot of us are like, yeah, we're probably more Bill and Ted than we want to admit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You're looking there at we are, You're the looking scientists at right here. from a time machine, yeah. So I think we're all entranced by that story. I think you also can't get past the fact that Alex Winters and Keanu Reeve are just charming beyond compare they have this weird almost screwball comedy banter it's very laurel so and while, yes while they are played as dumb they have this kind of overly elaborate dumb speak that has its own little patter to it that's yeah. really funny and engaging and it doesn't put you off just hearing no. people say dumb things right so i think it's just one of these because you can almost imagine the pitch meeting for this and just, oh, boy, you know, stoners who don't smoke traveling through time for a school project. You're like, all right, in the 80s, sure. Yeah. Like, outside of that, who knows, man? But I think they kind of just struck on these these beats. And it's strange because you watch the movie. And narratively, it's zero. There's nothing <laughs> happening this whole movie, essentially, right? Other than Napoleon's journey, yes. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one with, like, a scary, <laughs> scary arc, right? I mean, this is this is Dante, you know, going down into the Inferno. There is some fucking shit in there, but yeah. Yeah, I actually have a theory that this whole movie is very dark compared to what we see it as. <laughs> of course but, you do. Why wouldn't you? Of course I do. That's how I watch movies. But again, there's something about just watching Bill and Ted walk into a saloon and order beers and play poker. It's just fucking funny yeah. like you just enjoy watching that it's it's this version i, I said this during 12 i think it was 12 monkeys i can't remember which movie i said this but like bill and ted also have this sort of like consequence there's like a level of consequence freeness to bill and ted's like travels through time that really kind of speak to everything we want time travel to be time travel you'll find out later on we'll do a Time travel, in some cases, is quite consequential, as you'll find out when we do uh, our uh, listener pick. It's coming up, in, uh, I think, next week or a week after. But um, <laughs> this one is like one of those things where you're just like, this guy, these guys are just surfing through time. They're meeting people, and they're like, you seem cool. Why don't we go, like, let's go hang. Let's go play. Like, there's this level of, there's a level of playfulness that I don't think we get a lot in time travel movies because so often we're worried about the paradoxes and the consequences of actual time unraveling in, in its own way. I, I think it's interesting because there's just enough of that in the movie. There's just enough of time is at stake in the movie to be ticking clockish in its own way. But also the ticking clock is also, Hey guys, you got to finish that history report. Like this should not work at all. And it just does. I think that's the thing because <laughs> Bill and Ted, 
through the alchemy of this process, right, became these insanely charming guys that we want to follow, right? They just cast them perfectly. Yep. They have a funny enough banter. Whenever we cut to Napoleon, you're like, I could just turn this movie off, right? There is like a dark scariness to that story, but so it's a fucking zero. And I'm shocked at how much of this movie is a zero. And by the end, like, imagine we're in high school, right? And it's like, all right, so every homework assignment of what I like in a movie, this movie's like zero, zero, zero. (laughs) And then by the end, you're like, they did kind of crush the final exam for me. Like, it just works. Pop quiz, you have two great characters. Well, yeah, all right. That's an A. So now you're up to like a 25%. They fucking crush. And by the end, I don't know why. Because, yeah, so to your point, right, by the end... The, the final performance is just lame and long. It's very and long. Oh, There are just so many beats that you're like, why? why? But I actually, I do have to take a little umbrage with what you're saying. I don't think we could say that this is consequence-free time travel, right? And I think we see fuckery both in the past and in the future, right? So let's start with the future. This death cult of the future... <laughs> I worry about that, right? Because we see... So Bill and Ted's time machine gets broken in medieval times, right? Right. They can't get the number. All of a sudden, he's dialing random numbers. Yeah. He just happens to land in the throne room. The head of this future, right? These these floating fucking tribunals that make all the decisions of the future. Right. They have no security protocols that the time machine can't just arrive there. I think they brought them there. And what do they do? They play... The shittiest song I've ever heard in a movie. That's that's extreme, but it's really bad. It's like, what if you two just had the spirit of like a mall stand? Right? Like that's the song. Wild Stallions are not good. In any scene in this movie, they're not good. You could not base a utopian future off of the Wild Stallions. I think I don't know there about is that. a cult forming, right? I worry about when you get out of that super phallic crystal room. Right? What kind of hellscape is happening outside of that cult bunker that well, we're in? Well, I mean, there's definitely this, like, like Go God Go 3000. Like, have you ever seen that South Park episode where um, Cartman freezes himself and gets stuck in the future? Like, there's definitely that going on outside. But <laughs> inside this phallic crystalline palace, there is nothing but good vibes. <laughs> okay, but it's all a put-on. You think that there's any way that a time-traveling society can just allow these two to just enter in there randomly. Any time traveler can just randomly enter the throne room and kill the tribunal. They're not those two. You're telling me there's not one disgruntled metalhead in the future. That's like, I liked wild stallion before they went corporate. Well, that's that's like the darkness that they don't address is like wild stallion. Like I'm saying outside of that dick crystal room. Well, outside of the dick crystal room, like, like, you know, the metalheads are like, you know, the put-upons are the people that they stick in the dungeons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's insanity, right? I think there's something really nefarious. Here's another weird hiccup in the time travel. So all this time traveling, right? You can travel around, essentially do no harm, mm-hmm. wink. Why does the clock always keep running on San Dimas? Why is San Dimas the set point with which becomes the foundation of all in time and space? Because of... How important? But no matter how they're because traveling, of, because the how, clock is always ticking. Because how important Bill and Ted are to the future. That's why. But why are Bill and Ted that important to the future? Well, why these two fucking Rufus, Rufus tells us in the beginning of the movie. They help 
create a he utopia. He tells us that they they create a band, right? Okay. That becomes so important that we're better at mini golf and bowling, right? That even the dirt is clean, right? Great opening. Great Carlin bit. Great He's Carlin. Amazing great story. Carlin bit. Yes. Right. That is stupid beyond compare, right? So let's look at this is the thing. Also, we see that Wild Stallion fucking blows. And we know that Bill is about or Ted is about to go to military school, right? It's that meme, right? That John Wick is the alternate timeline where Bill got sent to military school. <laughs> you know, great meme. Uh, but this is the thing. So they could not have created Wild Stallion without the interference of the future Dick Crystal cult and okay. Rufus. Okay. Right. And what we see by the end of the movie, they're now manipulating time to make themselves better at things in the present. Right. That final presentation. Right. That infinitely long and boring presentation where they don't truly do anything except for, hey, my parents have enough money to hire extras from central casting. Right. They don't actually tell us anything about history. So that's just a, a rich white kid. A plus. They have light cues and music cues. And all of the people know where to stand on the stage in their various size podiums. Bill and Ted have been time traveling to practice and rehearse their project. Okay. So we already see by the end, right? Hey, remember keys. So wait a second. Remember a bucket. They're already usurping the powers of time to make themselves better at things. We've gone through this entire month and you're still concerned. Like every we've talked about this. Every time traveler is selfish in their own way. Bill and okay, Ted, chief amongst the them. What you're saying, though, right, is that this is a carefree stoner John through time. There's no stakes. I think this movie is hinting that at the edges, everything is horrible, right? Past where we see, right? Think I didn't about say there were stole. no stakes. I said the stakes are muted. But, like, there's no consequences to their actions of traveling well, through There's time, no right? butterfly effect thing. consequences. No, I'm sure there's something. What if something. there fucking is? Okay, well, so you think you I'm, say okay. no, no, no. I'm saying within the context of the movie, at that exact moment, there are no like, there are no butterfly effect consequences. Like they don't come back in, in the future, and like you know they don't come back, and it's not like you know Sound of Thunder. Or is it? Okay, so here's it's the not. Thing. Do Bill and Ted in this timeline of San Dimas become integral to the entire time space continuum? Right? Do you think it is coincidence that Bill and Ted go back in time? kidnap napoleon right he's actually blown up into the time circuits right and he somehow goes back and that napoleon through this jaunt through our current america realizes that he obviously has failed and has no historical import his mission has failed right he has one day where he wears a white swimsuit where all the children at that park are seeing his bits and butt <laughs> right right and he has one moment of pure, unadulterated joy, right? This evil man from history as we've made him. This little, little evil firecracker, right? Is happy going down the water slide. At one point, he picks up a small child, carries her up the stairs to have more fun. Read that as you will. Do we think that there's any possibility that that place, Waterloo, he then goes back into his shitty fucking French existence and he's like, God damn it, we don't have toilets or... Piggy Wiggies or water parks. Ziggy Piggies. Yeah, and he sees a town called Waterloo and is drawn there because of his love of that water park, and that is where his undoing happens. Do you think that it's possible that Joan of Arc praying in the basement and Bill and Ted reach their hand out when she sent back to her shitty existence 
Is it strange that she thinks she hears voices that lead her to be burned at the stake, if I'm not mistaken? I'm just saying. I don't think that's necessarily Bill incorrect. and Ted are integrally intertwined in the entire history of all of these people. I'm not they saying. They cannot have just existed in the 80s as we are thinking. I'm about. not saying what you're saying is incorrect. I'm What I'm saying is, A, you are sucking the joy out of literally all of this. And B, no, I'm not. This is the joy. I literally can't <laughs> imagine anyone looking at Bill and Ted more negatively and be like, fucking scumbags. But I I think they are puppets. I'm not saying it's Bill and Ted's fault. I think they're a lovable. It's technically, I mean, it's the lovable rubes to be usurped. That's the by snake the eating its cult. tail, though. Like this whole like by your theory, which would make sense because it's time travel. Everything in this movie is paradoxical. No, I think Bill and Ted exist in some way that this has to occur, right? I think there is something very strange with these two, that they are this this fixed point in time that has to occur this way. And I think that's why the future cult is built around them. I don't think it's because they're good at music. I think this is like a Kim Jong-un. I don't think anyone's accusing Wild Stallions of being good at music. Not until the sequel. Well, not only that, they specifically play the song for us. We know that they suck. So we know that this future is built upon a lie. Future's built There's upon... There's not one person on Earth who heard that song and was like, banger. I don't know. There's a lot of people who think... There's a lot of people who think three guys in a garage playing a song sucks and a bunch of people who also think it's very Well, good. you're not wrong on that, right? There are the people that would be outside in the wasteland. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty, but, of, there's plenty of people on Pitchfork.com that I'm sure would love Wild Stallions. Be like, oh, <laughs> dude, no, that's perfect. This will prove that I like music the most. This will prove that I like music the most of anyone. This movie is showing us that there are, and again, I'm saying this all in the context of this. I've never seen the other two Bill and Ted's. So I'm not trying to prognosticate this out. I'm just taking this one as it is. And we could have the conversation where we just did 10 minutes of, oh, wasn't that a funny, dumb movie? And then end the show. Or we can nibble around. I think that's the fun of Bill whoa, and Ted. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why do you always do this to me? I'm just asking a question <laughs> here. Why do you always fucking decide that I'm the one who says, well, let's just talk about the movie as is. I'm Jesus just saying, Christ. I'm just saying, speaking of sucking the joy out of it, if we're going to be the Wild Stallions of podcast. You are, you are you worse. A yes and. You, you are yes worse. And. You are worse. You are worse you. than Napoleon taking the last bit of the Ziggy Piggy. That's, that, that's what's happening here. Jeez. Is that worse or is he saving that woman from diabetes? I'm having this conversation and you just you just taking it you just taking me to task for absolutely nothing other than just disagreeing with you. I think Bill and Ted Maybe I'm just like Ted's father and I want what's best for you. I think you're like Ted's father and that you would send me to military school for disagreeing with you. Yeah, for not yes and you're gonna turn Dandino into John Wick. I'm That's what's gonna you happen. You send him into UCB school. So you can yes and my theories. I am yes anding your theory. I even told you you were right. Either way, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. What I'm saying is, is like, obviously, they're the profundity of nothingness that Bill and Ted seem to relish in. The inability to play the music that they love. The inability to see that Eddie Van Halen is not going to be the thing that actually makes your band good. Your band is not good. But the... I like that bit. But the love that they have for being themselves, simply just existing, is what makes yes. that what makes that point in time in San Dimas so important. It radicalizes the world into realizing that, hey, it's okay to just kind of suck at things. It 
makes everybody, it averages everyone out and makes everyone much happier in the long run. That so is why you buy into the fact that that Bill is why 600 years later, Rufus says, even the dirt is clean. Come on. Come on. What, what are we discussing? What are we discussing here? Oh, what? You can't yes and me? I see what's happening here. What I'm saying. No, I'm yes. I'm yes anding anding you. This is it. Yes and. Why are they so likable that they rewrite time? Because they were fucking plants. These are not normal humans. I think there is a theory. Are you that saying they that they lie there. outside the time space continuum? I do. I fucking do. I don't think these are just two normal dipshits that just exist and are able to do all these things without any consequence. I don't accept this in the movie. And by the end, we see them starting to harness their power for ill. I don't like it. I think there's bad things to come. I think this is a fucking death cult. Why? You know what it is? The movie's telling us. Remember that long, long opening of the dick crystal coming down? Yes. That is letting you know this cult is fucking everyone in the future. Just crushing them beneath this wild stallion shitty elevator music that we all just have to suffer. I, I think it is absurd to believe that Bill and Ted exist without paradox. That's what I just said. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Literally, what you're saying is everything in the movie I'm is paradoxical. I'm building upon what you said. That's what a yes and is. Literally, everything in the movie is paradoxical. Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted inspire the future. Therefore, the future comes back to re-inspire them. And therefore, they go in the future. They go in the past to inspire those people to They're come forward. They're not inspired by the past. They're inspired by the need to get... How about a, this? They're inspired let by me, a need to get an A-plus on their history reports. Let me ask you this. At the end of the film, does Rufus just gift them to women? No. Like they are tribal warlords? No. Really? He didn't just go back and steal those girls and then say, here, I will strand you in a different time that you're ill-equipped to exist in? Yeah, I don't think he stole them. He stole them from, if anything, he stole them from the worst life ever. They're getting married to these two olds anyways. Did they call for Rufus to do that? Or did Rufus just say, my overlords need women? No, they said, hey, those two awesome dudes you met who wear like really weird clothes would like to would like you to join them on a journey. That's that's that that that, that what that is, is Rufus being the ultimate wingman. I mean, that's a solid wingman move. If you take it on face value, these rubes from medieval times cannot you cannot physically or accurately describe to them what you are asking them to do. Which is exist in 1986 or whenever this movie happens. Okay. Well, what's wrong? This does not go well for any other okay. figure in time we see. Let's, These women right, are fine. stuck and stranded. Why don't we run? Let's play the scenario out. The time out. Rufus shows up. He goes, ladies, hello. Are you excited to marry those two weird olds your dad set you up with? No, not really. What about those fucking smoking looking dudes who showed up in like weird smoking clothes? Smoking looking dudes. That's what we're going <laughs> Listen, this is mine, all right? You can yes and later, all right? Okay. <laughs> no. And also, I don't know that you're wrong. I just had to think about it. They are pretty attractive. <laughs> They're attractive dudes. I mean, They're Alec, rock solid attractive. Okay. I mean, it's 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 young Keanu. Yes Kea and, Alex. Young yes Keanu. And. <laughs> Would you like to come to the future with me, see all these cool new things, not shit in a hole in the ground anymore, and, I don't know, hang out with, hang out with some pretty decent people? <laughs> I cannot see a scenario in which that would be a bad thing. 
I think you're skipping over the oh sorry the sex, also the sexual there's, property Fleetwood Mac nature of Wild. At Stone. no point does Rufus say, "By the way, you'll be <laughs> sex slaves to these weirdos for the rest of your lives." Never. That's implied. That's it. Is not implied. implied. Not even close. That's absolutely implied. No. Never for implied. Sure. Because what we know is that they use time to go back constantly to get better at things, right? That's how they'll become a band and learn how to play their instruments. That's how they did their project. Also, are we to just assume that Ted's dad is going to have no say in this after the trash can hit his head? Ted's dad is going to become an alcoholic and unravel. Ted's younger brother is going to lead the worst possible future. There's so many bad things happening in this movie. <laughs> Let me ask you a really weird one. Um... Would you have been stoked for your dad to fuck a chick you went to high school with in your room? No. By the way, that scene okay. is so hey, weird. Can we actually I, I do want to address this real quick because I, I had totally forgotten like the actual like life. Like the like they're like because Ted's like, wasn't she a senior when we were freshmen? Like, wait a second. They asked her to prom. Yeah. Like that in and of itself is utter terror. That is true. Like you want to talk about really fucked up time travel shit it's that right there a dad not knowing boundaries that's the problem i mean but not only that it's almost as if she's like a rogue sleeper agent from a future rivaling cult <laughs> because she just says yes to everything bill and ted want right the dad walks in the room and turns into a cartoon wolf as if he has liked the men who saw jessica rabbit in our patron exclusive jessica rabbit episode yep. patreon.com slash film alchemist pod you know what I mean? He walks in and he just goes, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So much that he's like, take my money and get out. I'm going to fuck Missy on your bed. <laughs> like, doesn't even hide the fact that he's just undressing her with his disgusting old accountant eyes and is about to just fucking leave soiled sheets for his son. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that. I actually think it's horrifyingly disgusting on multiple levels. But... Are you saying that if she's back, if she's coming back from the future, she's like, you a think there's nothing odd about Missy. She's well, asleep. Besides the fact that she seems to be slinging it with everyone at that school. You're saying she's a sleeper agent from a, a rival death cult. Like, so you've never, maybe. you've never seen the sequels, right? No, I think what we learn about Bill and Ted is that everything is unreliable. We can't trust anything we see in this film, but you've never the riff I'm going with. I've never I'm in now. You've never seen uh, the sequel. Though, Bogus correct? Journey. I feel like I saw Bogus Journey when I was a boy and I used to watch these a lot. I couldn't tell you one thing about it except for that it has the Grim Reaper. Yeah. William, I, I have Will, no idea what happens. In that. William Statler is the Grim Reaper. Don't try to crush my theory with future evidence. All right. Well, in, in relation, there's more to it than just the Grim Reaper, but sure. Uh, I mean, it's very likely that Missy is coming back from the future, too. I love, I love how we just are, like, piling on. It's like, it's very likely that Missy's a future fucking... I mean, this is the now. thing about Bill and Ted. Like, and th like, this is why we have to keep saying it's very likely. Bill and Ted leave, like... Again, there's... There's never an explanation for anything. I think this is, like, the key to the movie itself. Is there's not an explanation for... Not an explanation for, like why the how like they never explain the actual mechanics of the time booth other than like hey that antenna is important like that's it there's absolutely nothing else to it other than just quite frankly like go go kid and that to me is the key to why the movie works because if we get bogged down in the primer like details 
of what is happening in the world. I don't think the movie actually starts. I love the idea of Bill and Ted in like a porno remake of Prime. <laughs> like that level of like narrative. Oh my god, give me that movie. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is just me trying to to add on, right? In a world where I'm sure everyone's talked about how nice Keanu and Alex are. What I'm saying is, though, every scene has a subtext of something horrible right on the verge, right? There is, like, there is, like, this sinister, there's absolutely a sinister vibe. Like, Billy the Kid, particularly, there is a sinister vibe here. Also, it's the only scene in which someone actually gets, like, shot. Something, like, truly horrible. Like, someone gets shot in the foot in that scene. Like, it's... Well, I'll tell you this. When they decide to start their school project with shooting a gun in school... That plays very differently now than when I watched. Yeah, very this movie uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable viewing on this on this round. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess I do like the idea though that Napoleon does see the Waterloo theme theme park and he's like, "Oh, that's going to be." Yeah, it leads in. I think all of these people are led to their destruction because of it. it's it's the classic Doctor Who bit, right? The companions always come back, and how do you lead a life? After you've traveled time and space with the doctor. Right. There's no way you can go back to working at State Farm after that. You're like, this will just be an unfulfilling life. And this is what the movie, I think Joan of Arc for sure, Napoleon. There's the weird bit where uh, Beethoven comes back and he can hear the synthesizer music, I guess. And he just starts rocking out. Like, who knows? I don't know enough about Beethoven to know how his, uh, his life went down. Not great. But this is what I mean, right? This this is a Doctor Who thing too, right? There's an amazing opener when Peter Capaldi opens off. And he's just kind of, you know, fucking fluffing around the TARDIS being amazing. And he's talking about the bootstrap paradox, right? This is kind of what I honed in on on Bill and Ted, right? Is the Doctor goes to this small town and he's like uh, Mozart or Beethoven, whoever. is His favorite musician. So he goes back in time and he goes to the town where Beethoven's from. And he goes, I love Beethoven. And they're like, who? And he goes, Beethoven, right? And they go, oh, that little boy down the road? Like, he's a nobody. The doctor shows up with the the written out music of Beethoven, hands it to Beethoven, thus creating Beethoven, right? The bootstrap paradox becomes who created the first Right. leaflet well and i think that then and i think that's what bill and ted are i think they're a bootstrap paradox. i agree with that and because this theory works because when you think about it, all the people who all the people that bill and ted essentially kidnap from the past are all people who died fairly famously like socrates famously died i don't remember how i think plato is the one. <laughs> so not as famously well no because plato because I, I thought i knew but i think plato is the one who drank hemlock correct Whatever. Either way, no all clue. these people. I I am a Bill and Ted level historian, <laughs> so I do not know. Billy the Kid obviously is watching. I like Abraham Lincoln. He's just waiting on his friends to come back, so he's running around. Pew pew. Getting Abraham a extra. Abraham Lincoln went to see a play. We all know how that ended. I mean, there's. Do you think Abraham Lincoln fell in love with the theater because of what he saw in that auditorium? I think definitely. I do believe that like mm. Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted certainly mm. are the inspiration for the demise of every character they bring to the future. But in doing so, 
allows the future to unfold as it would have almost like the future does not change because paradoxically they have not done anything. They've only inspired those deaths. But think about that, right? These two fucking idiots foisted up, right? Like the McDonald's arches. Come here, other idiots. Come on, sheeple. Walk in here. Meanwhile, you've got the floating death cult. Like, isn't everything better? We are these fucking sedated masses. This is 1984 via Bill and Ted, right? They were these perfect fucking Trojan horse. Right. Of Look at these dumb fucking Walmart level U2 band. Right. And you know the way you, you know, feel right now? That's what yeah. QAnon feels like. That's what that is. How fucking dare <laughs> you? You are going to military school, you fucking bastard. No, no, no. That is... Uh... <laughs> No, I mean this is what we do on the show all the time, anyways. I'm sure they're. Li- I'm yeah, sure they're listening. Call ourselves Ted and I'm sure. I'm sure those Anon dudes love to listen to us for pointers on how to come up with shit. Um, ultimately, yeah. I how mean, dare you? There, we're inspirations all over the place, Griff. I don't know what to tell you. Um, there is this like, but yeah, like I don't have a. Pr- I, I actually like the idea that they, Bill and Ted, paradoxically create futures, the 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 future timeline they're already on simply by allowing these people to come forward and scaring the shit out of them essentially into their own deaths. Okay. Now this might be one of the biggest stretches in movie discussion history. I think this movie plays like Metropolis. (laughs) (laughs) I think Bill and Ted are the Maria's of this movie, right? Whether they know it or not, they are here for a purpose. They are built to come back to this pivotal time when greed is good. Right. And crush us via San Dimas, right? And perhaps to do that, they had to go back and make sure all these historical figures were fucking wrecked in the process, right? Sure, sure. And don't achieve this, that, and the other, right? So the, the, the death cult in the future has figured out what pieces need to move where to fucking create the fact that these fucking twin doofus Marias exist now. I don't know. Is Bill and Ted the metropolis of the 80s? I don't know that for a fact. I'm saying... Could be the metropolis of the millennium. I'm going to ancient aliens everything else on the rest of this pod. Is it possible that Bill and Ted are fucking Maria's double agents that don't know their lot in life? As as Glenn Beck once said, these are just questions. (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) Stop putting that shit on me! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is this the weirdest Bill and Ted podcast that's ever been recorded? Perhaps. Is it possible? Is it possible? I mean, it's as possible as dirt being clean in the twenty in twenty six hundreds. I mean, to me, it would make total sense that Bill and Ted, through their own stupidity of just like time traveling on their own, would cause these problems. Would that's what I'm saying. But like, here's the other thing too. Then, conversely, had they not traveled in the future. These are still the stories. So does that mean if they did, if they were still, if, if they were reading their history books mm-hmm. and had not co- traveled into the future anyways, are we talking about a completely splintered timeline then? I don't think they ever have a choice, right? That's a, imagine this. They go back in time, right? Who do they see? Neanderthals, right? Who goes extinct? Neanderthals. So that lesser, fucking humanoid characters can survive. in that case could it be that bill and ted are less idiots and more are they just the harbingers of doom themselves why did freud why was freud so obsessed with guys that want to fuck their moms because of bill and ted because of bill and ted he oh created, yes he was the edible complex. there it is fuck 
Putin. Yes. Okay. Why is he only talking to Ted about his dad, right? When Ted wakes up, whoa. Ted? And then Bill drops the edible complex. What is that? And then he creates this thing that went on and traumatized tons of people afterwards. This is true. Okay. Bill and Ted might just be the harbingers of doom that we've often been led astray on. I don't yeah. see why they wouldn't be. The typhoid Marys, man. They might not know what they're doing. They, they're just walking they around know spreading not pestilence through the timeline so that at the end we can have the dick crystal cult fucking lording over us. We don't know what's outside <laughs> of that room. They know not what they wrought, bro. Yeah, it, bro. Why did they get in that room, bro? It's because they wanted him there. They were is, puppets. This is legitimately a sound theory. Perhaps actually in the future, Bill and Ted are not important, but actually they instead Rufus could be a liar for one, which is very possible. So let's say Rufus is lying. By the way, Rufus as played by Carlin gives off massive liar vibes. True. So let's say they're liars. (laughs) So let's say that this is a lying situation. 100%. That means Rufus has come to them. Okay. So San Dimas is actually a nexus point in the time, time space continuum. This is where they insert their weapons and change time forever after. San Dimas is consequential only in that this is where they know that they can place these men to make them inconsequential to history. Mm -hmm. So that then they go back in time and kill off great leaders, great inspirers of people, perhaps. Before they are able to actually do any, before they are able to, I like, don't know if they retard the legacies of enough of these people. But no, no, maybe they still have somehow legacies. they create the things they need. Perhaps they still have legacies, but let's say the Dick Crystal people know their know their true legacies. Perhaps Bill and Ted are the harbingers of doom and the purveyors of their deaths by the notion that they need to be stopped to do something they truly were going to do to revolutionize the world, so that the Dick Crystal people could exist. Well, why does the the dick crystal say be excellent to each other, not be excellent to others, not those others? Each Just other in this, yeah, this fucking reflected. Pew, 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 pew. There's a big Our compliments can ricochet in these crystals. I actually think you know the sequel is about like um, Bill and Ted dying and like playing games with death. I actually think the true <laughs> sequel to this movie is really Logan's Run when you think about it. <laughs> I like the idea that they call them wild stallions because they're just tromping through history murdering all these possible times (laughs) they're like that uh cyclops and kroll just riding that giant fire horse yes i love it burning down time maybe joan of arc would have saved us all but they had her fucking hear voices and shit (laughs) (laughs) what did they even say let's reach out and touch someone you know there is one there is one person i'm curious wait a sec i've got another one for you go all right, so when they're enacting Star Wars in the medieval castle, right? Right. Ted falls down the stairs. Right. We see the fall. We see him hit the floor. Bill walks down. This is not an enormous stairwell, right? No. He falls. He lands. He's stabbed. Why was he not in that suit of armor? We're told he rolled out of it when he hit the bottom, and the suit laid there perfectly. This was time protecting him he was pulled from that suit time was changed in that instant there's oh, no like possible the, way he could have got away been hiding under a table like a glitch in the matrix exactly none of that is possible right 
none of that is possible. The f if you just watch the way that scene is edited, right? So Ted rolls down the stairs. Bill comes running down. Don't be dead. You medieval dickwit. They fight. Bill is just sitting there with, or Ted has a turkey leg. He's just been sitting there with a turkey leg for how long? He doesn't see Bill crying and be like, hey, bro, I'm all right. Nothing? Because that's his moment of reinsertion. It's true. Can't deny it. It doesn't make. Telling you. It never makes sense that that, that scene never made sense to me. And it's one of those things when you're younger, you're always just like, well, movies are stupid. That's what happens sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. Like, did you think you were going to get the emotional like strings plucking in the middle of Bill and Ted? <laughs> in the middle of a Bill and Ted movie called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I certainly yeah. was not going to be duped into thinking Bill or Ted actually died. Ted got murdered and we just weren't going to go to report. <laughs> Bill's going to become a junkie. The movie was actually 40 minutes long. Bill came back from the past. He's like, fuck this. Exactly. Okay. So that is absurdly stupid when you say it that way. <laughs> is it there to tell us something else? I don't know. Do I know that any of these things I'm saying make sense? No, but I think with enough corkboard and red string, I can lay out a pretty good case that Bill and Ted on its surface, right, is a, a a stoner romp with two dummies through time that's just dripping in 80s cool and fun to sedate us, the fucking sheep, the modern-day sheep, so that Dick Crystal can crush us. Do I think that's how, what this movie's saying? Unintentionally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't disagree. I mean, it seems the – I mean – it's been clearly laid out that Bill and Ted are harbingers of all of these famous histor historical figures dooms. So really, when you think about it, it would make the most sense that Bill and Ted actually lie outside of time and space and are simply the black cat of the entire time they space continuum. Metropolis Maria. Yep. They are poor little time Pinocchios dropped in to lure us all to Donkey Island. I can't disagree. I mean, if nothing else, you watch Bill and Ted. It was a lot of fun. It was. And then we just went down the rabbit hole, as it were. <laughs> as we do with any as we do with any movie, and yeah. particularly time travel. Well, I'm telling you, I was watching it with my son, Hunter. This is what we, we turned off the butterfly effect because I forgot that uh, that movie just fucking throws yeah, that, haymakers. That, that, from movie the hits, very that movie hits 100 pretty quick. Yeah. As soon as you see Eric Stoltz, you're like, get out of the room, kids. Uh and I was like, you can watch Bill and Ted, I think. And yeah, we rewatched it. And my six-year-old watching him try to figure out why he liked it and not being able to tell me why he liked it, but he just liked that they said excellent and did wee, 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 like the air guitar. Yep. And I was like, yeah, man, that's why I liked Bill and Ted. That's why people will always like Bill and Ted. And that's what makes him dangerous. That's it for Bill and Ted's <laughs> excellent adventure. That's it for Josh and Alex's absurd podcast. <laughs> Guys, uh, again, you can help the show out greatly by joining us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash film alchemist pod. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get in and join the community. See what we're doing over there. Uh, thank you for those of you who do that. If you're going to join us, thank you so much in advance. It means the world to us. Please leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find us on all the social media you're on. You're there. We're there. You can tell us that we just melted your brain with our Bill and Ted's theory. 
Uh, you can kick me off film Twitter for saying Bill and Ted is Maria uh, and Metropolis of the 80s. That's fine. Love it. Whatever you got to say, we'll be there, guys. Uh, we'll be back to finish time travel month with the butterfly effect uh, selected by our patrons. We also are finishing up Fear Street, M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Next month, the pod gets real with documentaries selected by our patron, Heath Benfield. It's going to be an amazing uh, run here for us, guys. So make sure you're staying up with the movies. Thank you for spending time for, uh, with us. Adios. Later, dudes. Excellent.